0: I believe that it's absolutely, completely, and totally the will of God for you and for me to live disease-free in 23. Disease-free in 23. That means now. We're in 23. So that means now. I believe, I'm completely convinced, totally persuaded that God's will is for you to be healthy, strong, wise, and prosperous. Amen. That means disease-free. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes, you say, but I'm old. You're not that old. You're not as old as Abraham when God renewed his youthfulness, and Sarah when God renewed her youthfulness to the point that she became so attractive, the king of Egypt tried to steal her away from Abraham. And God had to come to him in a dream and say, leave that good-looking woman alone. She belongs to Abraham. He was about to take her for a wife. And she was already up there in years. She didn't look it. And I've been looking at myself, you know, in the mirror, and I've been thinking, you know, I used to have more wrinkles than I do now. Ruth says that's because you got them all pushed out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but you know what? I, I, you know, you're only as young as you feel and as young as you think. Amen. Um, uh, age is just a number, and it's not really uh, the deciding factor. There are a lot of people who act old that aren't old at all. Amen. And I want, I want to be always... Uh, A person who acts more youthful every year. Praise God. Throughout the scripture, God has revealed himself as our healer. And I encourage you to uh, get my mini book, my e-book off of Amazon.com or Kindle that's entitled Divine Healing as a Lifestyle. God wants us to not only believe in divine healing, but to practice it as our lifestyle. The people who are always healed, being healed, going somewhere to make somebody else healed. We are dispensers of God's healing powers. That's our calling. That's one of our callings. It's also our trump card. It's how we get people's attention. It's how people find out uh, that God really cares about them. When God reaches down and heals them of their their sickness, their disease, their infirmity, and all their pain goes away, and they're able to do what they couldn't do before because God supernaturally touched them, all of a sudden they realize God knows me. God knows where I am. God knows who I am, and God cares. Then when you present Jesus to them, they'll receive him. It is the goodness of the Lord that brings people to repentance, the Bible says. And throughout the scriptures, we see that that God is continually revealing himself as our healer. For example, in the first book of the Bible, Job. Job chronologically was the first book of the Bible. MANY PEOPLE BELIEVE THAT it was, IT WAS ACTUALLY WRITTEN BY MOSES AS JOB TOLD HIM HIS STORY. Wow. MOSES AND JOB WERE CONTEMPORARIES. AND JOB TOLD MOSES WHAT HAPPENED TO HIM, AND GOD REVEALED TO MOSES EVEN THE BEHIND THE SCENES PARTS OF WHAT HAPPENED. AND MOSES, BY THE INSPIRATION OF THE HOLY SPIRIT, WROTE DOWN THE STORY FROM GOD'S PERSPECTIVE. See, that story is not written from Job's perspective. It's written from God's perspective. Well, how did Moses get God's perspective? Well, God told him. Right. Amen? And then he turns around and, and writes the book of Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Amen? So uh, uh, in the first actual chronologically written scripture, Job, we discover in Job 42 in verse 10 that, you know, you know the story how Job was sick, and it was clearly pointed out in the story that it was the devil, Satan, that made Job sick. You say, well, God permitted it. No, Job permitted it. Job said, that which I feared most has come upon me. Job's fear, Job's fear is what brought on uh, this attack and God had to permit it because Job accepted it. Job's the one who opened God gives us free will. God gives us the power, uh, and He expects us to rule and have dominion over our own flesh and over our own circumstances. And if we open the door for the devil, the devil comes in. And, uh, and so Job, you know, because of his great fear, the, the, the thing that he dreaded the most the things that he feared the most he kept offering sacrifices to God you know trying to trying to uh, uh, get ahead of it but he was offering these sacrifices to God out of fear and not out of faith and as a result his f- fear produced the results and he lost his children lost his uh, his wealth lost all his cattle he lost his health and uh, the only thing he couldn't shake loose was his wife. You know, yeah. she, she, she hung on, but she told him to curse God and die, and he wouldn't do it. He would not surrender his faith That's right. in God. And so uh, when he forgave his friends, you know, he had some friends that came to comfort him, and their way of comforting him was to criticize him. And, uh, I've heard a lot of people quote what these friends said as though it was the actual word of God, and it, uh, God rebuked them. Matter of fact, all of his friends got sick, and God told God told Job, "Pray for him," and so he prayed for his friends, and God healed Job. But and uh, Job forty two ten says the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So when Job got his heart right and forgave his friends for their criticisms and actually prayed for them, not only did God heal his friends, but God healed Job. So in the first book ever written, we see God as the one who heals. God, Satan brought the sickness. God brought the cure amen god is the cure not the problem amen Amen. well then we see in the uh when the israelites were all well even before that you know we have we have abraham's story and i just told you about how he was an old man his wife was an old woman she'd been barren since her, her 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 youth was never able to have children and then God cut a covenant with Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you with the seed as numerous as the stars in the heaven and the sand on the seashore. And Abraham looks around and says, you know, you know, I'm an old man. How can this be? I'm married to an old woman who never could have kids. How can this be? And, uh, and God just renewed in them, healed them. He healed them of their old age and their barrenness. Amen. Sarah, Sarah had a baby in her 90s. Abraham was 100 years old. Oh, and by the way, when Sarah died, Abraham married again and had other children. He was having babies up in his hundred and teens. <laughs> Whatever God did to him lasted. It wasn't just a one-time shot, folks. God fixed him up for life. Amen. So there we have we have healing. God doesn't see a problem, he sees an opportunity. Amen. Abraham says, I'm old, Sarah's old and barren, you know, and, and you're promising me uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spawn a multitude of sons. God even changed Abraham's name to Abraham, which means father of many. He said, now, every time, you, uh, every time you introduce yourself, I want you to say that you're the father of many yeah. sons. <laughs> so every time he introduced himself, he was confessing that he was the father of many sons. And they would say, where are they? And he would say, they're coming. Yeah. And they're here. We are the sons of Abraham. We are the offspring of Abraham. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. Uh, a lot of them were physical, and, and uh, we're spiritual. He had physical offspring, sands of the seashore, and then he had spiritual offsprings, stars in the heavens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the the result of a healing God. It could have only happened by God's healing power. Amen. And restoring power. Then then we we have the Israelites that are in Egyptian bondage. They're there for... You know, four hundred years, and uh, they're slaves. They live in squalor. They're beaten. They're deprived. They're malnourished. They don't have good sanitation. They they do not have medical care. Uh, they, they, they I mean it was it was not pretty. And you know that three million people living in those circumstances for all those years, uh, that there was a lot of sickness and disease and a lot of injuries. Some were inflicted upon them by the slave drivers that just beat them. Others were, uh, uh, happened, other injuries happened because they were having to lift loads they should not be lifting and do work that, uh, that, uh, that only an ox should be doing. But they were, they, were, they, were just, they were just completely abused by the Egyptians. So you know, out of three million people, many, 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 many of them were afflicted. Many of them were uh, feeble. Many of them were diseased. Many of them, you know, were broken in body. And yet, at the night of the Passover, when the Lord told them to kill a sacrificial lamb, spread the blood of that lamb on the doorpost so that the angel of death that comes at night will pass over and eat the flesh of the lamb. Eat it all. Eat the flesh of the lamb. And that night, the night before, they all were set free, and they escaped Egypt after 400 years. That night, they ate the sacrificial lamb, which was a type of Jesus, and they were all healed. In Psalm 105, in verse 37, David is writing about this uh, this particular night, and he says, He brought them forth, also with silver and gold remember the egyptians just thrust their silver and their gold on them and and uh, took their jewelry and just draped it around their necks and it was like it was like god supernaturally compelled the egyptians to just throw all their wealth on these slaves as they're leaving town loaded them up bankrupted egypt that's one reason pharaoh later came after them cause he they, they had looted Egypt. <laughs> he wanted his gold back. He wanted he wanted, you know, he wanted that wealth back. And uh, and but God had compelled them to give it to him. Yeah. So they went from they went from slavery and bondage to immediate wealth. They became the wealthiest nation in the world. That's right. Overnight. That's overnight. That's but that's the only thing that happened to them that night. the next, uh, the next part of this verse says And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. There was not one feeble person. Not one. Wait a minute. We're talking three million people. We've got a little bit less than that here today in this service. But percentage-wise, we've got some people with aches and pains, right? Right? We got some people. Oh, you know, we got to tell the truth, brother. Tell the truth. Faith does not deny deny the facts. We've got people here that are fighting physical symptoms. I'm not saying you're claiming them or keeping them. I'm just saying you're fighting them. Amen. Uh, We got a lot of people that are catching a healing. We can put it that way but can you imagine three million people and not one of them is feeble i remember when uh, charlton heston played the part of moses back in that ten commandments movie and they were leaving they were leaving egypt and 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 they, they were carrying some people on stretchers and then there was some people you know that were leaning on a cane and they were going they were coming out of egypt Uh, you know, like this. But that's not true. The Bible says there was not one feeble person among them. That night when they ate that sacrificial lamb, everyone who partook was healed. Everyone who partook was healed. Did you hear me say everyone? Who did that? Who did that? God. What, what was the basis upon him doing that? He is a healing God, and they were under the covenant that he had made with Abraham, which was a covenant of healing. And the moment they partook of that covenant and ate that sacrificial lamb and applied that blood over their doorposts, not only did they live, but they lived free of disease and they lived free of lack. And you know the rest of the story, how God took care of them for 40 years in the wilderness. Their clothes didn't wear out. They always had water to drink. They always had food to eat. They wandered around for 40 years waiting for people to die because they just wouldn't die. They were too healthy. They came when, you know, just, just a couple of days after they got out there, about three days into the wilderness, they were out there in the desert and they were pretty thirsty. Three million people, you know, it takes a lot of water to give three million people to drink. Well, somebody discovered some water. But when they got down and tasted of it, it was bad. It was bitter. And so the Lord directed Moses to a tree branch. Everybody say tree. Tree. What did Jesus die on? (laughs) Do you you see the, the, the time? He said, cast this branch into the water. Moses obeyed. He cast the branch into the water. And the Bible says God healed the water. And then God says this astonishing thing. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee I am the Lord Jehovah Rophi I am the Lord your doctor that's what it means I am your doctor there's no place in the scripture where God ever recants or removes that distinction He revealed himself to his people as their doctor, and he claims that role today. He is your doctor. If you want to see some eyebrows raised, when they ask you, who's your doctor? You say, Jesus. Jesus is my doctor. You know, my primary care physician asked me, you know, who's your doctor? And I said, Jesus. Jesus. He said, Jesus who? And I said, Jesus Christ. He's, he's, my, he's the great physician. And by the way, he's jealous of that role. Just ask King Asa. King Asa in the Bible, you know, when he was old, and this is in Second Chronicles 16, uh, uh, as an old man, 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 He developed a disease in his feet. And it says he sought not to the Lord, but he went to the physicians. And God was ticked. God says, well, I thought I was your doctor. He said, always before you would come to me. Always before you came to me first. When you were in battle, you would come to me and I'd tell you what to do and I'd give you the victory in battle. When you were sick, you'd come to me, I would heal you. Now that you're an old man, you go to the physicians. Why did you fire me? And the Bible says God was so angry that he let him die. He was, It says he, he was diseased in his feet and he died and, was, and slept with his fathers. In other words, he's gone. Well, they had a good funeral for him, gave him a good send-off, but he was still dead because he fired his doctor. Don't fire your doctor because your doctor is Jesus. Amen. Then we have Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah 53, 5, when he's talking about the Messiah. says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed no virginia he wasn't talking about spiritual healing there he was talking about physical healing amen the other part was the other part was spiritual healing this part was physical He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him. That's your spiritual healing. But it also includes physical healing. Can you say praise the Lord? Then in the book of Malachi or Malachi, however you want to say it, this this is the last chapter of the Old Testament. We have this promise. Malachi four But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. In other words, whoever fears his name is going to receive healing from the Son of Righteousness, and will grow go forth and grow up as a calf in the stall. In other words, a calf in the stall is cared for. A calf in the stall is well-fed, watered, groomed, doctored. See, if you fear his name, if you respect his name, and by the way, his name is Jehovah Rofi. His name is the, the Lord that heals you. If you reverence his name and respect his name, healing will come to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be cared for. Then in the New Testament, we see that Jesus represented the Heavenly Father by healing the sick. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the works that I do, my Father are doing those works through me. He said, the words that I say are words that I hear my Father say. The things that I do are things that I see my Father do. In other words, Jesus said to Philip, remember, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I am a replication, I am a representation, I'm a duplicate of the father if you've seen me you've seen him he said we're one we're the same they didn't like that you know that that angered their religious theology but he didn't care he told the truth and uh and in matthew four twenty three, it says jesus went about all galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom what was jesus preaching the gospel of the kingdom And healing all manner, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with different diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those which were lunatics and those that had the palsy and he healed them (laughs) you see our God is a healing God and the gospel is a healing message seven times in the gospels we see this phrase he healed them all seven times seven times this phrase he healed them all and if you just, if you follow Jesus through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see God the Father represented as a healing God. I will point out also that not one single person that Jesus healed was born again. That's right. That's right. They were all unsaved. Jesus had to die and raise from the dead. And he was the first begotten from the dead. He was the first brethren of the brethren. So no one was born again until after Jesus rose from the dead. But everybody Jesus healed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was what we would would call unworthy of it. jesus called healing the children's bread and they turned around and healed someone that wasn't even a child he said he came to the jews and healing is healing belongs to the jews and she said well even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table so he healed her little puppy her daughter who wasn't a jew Healing, you know, Jesus came to the Jews. And yet a Roman centurion came to him and said, My servant is sick. He healed the Roman centurion's servant. He healed Gentiles and Jews alike. Just like, just like when he fed the 5,000. It was a Jewish crowd. But later, just a few weeks later, he fed 4,000, and it was a non-Jewish crowd. He fed. He became the bread of life. See, he was, he was, he was the bread that that miracle represented. And he, he broke it, and he gave thanks, and he fed the multitudes. And then at the last Passover feast... He sits down, pulls out the bread, and breaks it and says, This is my body, which is broken for you. And he handed it to them and fed them his own body. John 6, he said, If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, even though you were dead, you shall live. Amen? When he was feeding the Jews and when he was feeding the Gentiles he was saying my death my body my blood is given for the world to receive life. And he healed them all. He healed all of them. Amen? Everyone who came to him was healed. I know some of you may be watching that series on TV called The Chosen. And I like the costumes, and I like the story, and I like Jesus in there, and I like all that. But it's not all Bible. Y'all understand that. I don't think Peter was in debt to a loan shark. I don't think Matthew was, uh, uh, what do they call that, Autistic. And I don't think James was a cripple. And there's an episode in there where James comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, why haven't you healed me? And Jesus said, it's not my will. I could heal you, but I want to leave you sick so that people will see how you overcome. And I wanted to throw up. Because in the Bible, the real Bible, no one who came to Jesus for healing ever left him disappointed. Because healing is the will of God. And all may come and all may receive. But you see, religious doctrines like to uh, you know give people a loophole and out to not believe. We get that, you know, if it's God's will thing. And that has been so ingrained in us, you know, by our well-meaning predecessors and forefathers that it's hard to get that out of your, out of your thinking. But it's bad theology. See, what you need to do is quit following theologians and start following Jesus. Start following Jesus. Just follow Him through Matthew, Mark. Luke, John, see how he reacted to sick people. Amen. It, it says things like this. He was moved with compassion and healed all of them. doesn't say he was moved with compassion and healed one or two. said he was moved with compassion and healed them all. And all means all. And then he commanded his disciples to go and do the same. Matthew 10, 7, he says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. You see, our ministry should mirror his ministry because his ministry mirrored the Father. So if we do what Jesus does, then we'll be doing what pleases the Father. Because we know Jesus pleased the Father because God told us he did. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Follow him. Hear ye him. Him says, go preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick. He says, heal the sick. Jesus says to us, heal the sick. Mark 16, 15, he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we're supposed to go into all the world. That's everywhere. That's to everybody. Not just Nepal, not just Kenya, not just Honduras, but Jacksonville. Everybody. Go ye into all the world and preach the good news, preach the gospel of the kingdom. He that is believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It's their decision. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now what's a sign? A sign is something that points to something. Right? Here are the signs that follow us. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Tongues are a sign. Paul says that. Tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. When you speak in tongues, it, it makes the unbeliever uncomfortable, curious, and unsettled. Well, you got to get some people unsettled so you can get them out of their wrong thinking. Praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, It's for a sign. It points to something. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Paul did. You remember Paul's building a campfire? When they were shipwrecked on the island, they get out on the shore and they're all wet because they had to swim to shore. And They're trying to dry off and warm up, so they're building this campfire. He's gathering wood and this viper attached itself to his hand poisonous viper he just slung it off into the fire and just kept gathering sticks they kept waiting everybody thought well that's you know he must have offended god because god's judged him now and he didn't even get sick he didn't die well then they all bowed down and worshiped him as a god he said i'm not god then they got mad they were stoned him you know people are weird They're fickle. They want to make you a god one minute, they want to kill you the next minute. Now, I'm not saying we ought to be a snake handling church. I think there's a spiritual side of that. The serpent is is a type of Satan and anything that has to do with Satan. Any of Satan's works, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So there is, a, there, there, there is, you know, it, the serpent's the one who went into the garden, remember? And lied to Eve. The serpent is the devil. Look in the book of Revelation, you know, it's cap, capital S, the serpent, that's the devil. He's also referred to as a dragon. And he says, we're, we, we cast them out in the name of Jesus. If they drink any deadly thing, sometimes they try to poison you. doesn't say you go around drinking poison to prove your faith. But if somebody tries to poison you, it will have no effect on you. The Lord. It shall not hurt them, it says. Now listen to the, this last part. These are the believers. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? Amen? So these these truths, we need to... Apply to our own life yes. in 2023. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You need to believe that healing is your covenant right. Yeah. 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 Scripture for that would be First Peter 2:24, "Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness." By whose stripes you were healed. Yeah. That's our covenant right blood bought, Jesus suffered at the whipping post, suffered at the cross, His body was broken, His blood was shed. It's our right. Yeah. And then you need to claim your healing today and speak it over your body. Yeah. Mark 11:22. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, or this cancer, or this arthritis, or this heart problem, or whatever. Be thou removed. I told you about how I had a wart come up on my hand, and I kept saying, be removed in the name of Jesus. Be removed in the name of Jesus. Every time I'd look at it, I'd say, be removed in the name of Jesus. One day it just fell off. I'm so proud of myself. I didn't do it, but I did not have to play a role in it. I didn't. I didn't say, "Oh, look at that wart on my hand. Look at that wart on my hand. Oh, there's a wart on my hand." No, I said, "Be removed. Be removed. Be removed." Just like God, light be, light be, light be, light be. Be removed. Get out of here. Let go. <laughs> Amen. I've had other situations develop over my lifetime where I'd have to speak to it. Nothing would happen until I began to speak to it. But he says, If you say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, so you have to say it. He shall have whatsoever he says. Three times he uses the word saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things, soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In other words, name it, claim it. Blab it, grab it. Everybody likes to say, you know, they use that to criticize us and make fun of us, but hey, you have a right to name it and claim it. Now, are you going to let people intimidate you so you won't do it? Or are you going to go ahead and open your mouth and name it and claim it? And when you stand, pray and forgive, if you have aught against any. You've got to have your heart right. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So if you go around saying, I can't forgive, I can't forgive, you're going to have that. Change your confession. I can forgive. I can forgive. I, I will forgive. I will forgive. I do forgive. I do forgive. I did forgive. I did forgive. Amen. Amen. You can do it. You can be disease-free in 23 if you'll just engage your faith, engage your mouth, and be consistent. Time and consistency will bring you deliverance. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to do the communion now, and and, uh, uh, we will have our usher brother to share the communion element with us. And after the communion, we're going to have a special singer come and sing a song. And while he's singing, if you need prayer, if you want prayer for your body, you don't have to have prayer. You can lay hands on yourself. You can believe in the the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. You can be healed while you drink and eat. But if you feel just like you've got to have some believer lay hands on you, while Brother David is singing, I want you to come down here and I'll lay hands on you myself and we'll believe God for your healing. But don't come if you don't believe. If you believe, come. But if you don't believe, don't come. Because if you don't believe, I don't have any faith for you. (laughs) It's not my faith that's going to heal you. It's going to be your faith. Have faith in God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hold that little wafer up. Jesus said, this is my body. Which is broken for you. He said, take it. Eat it. Because as often as you do this, you show forth my death till I come. Folks, this is your birthright. This is your claim to healing. This is it. We've been doing this almost every Sunday for the last year. You should be well versed in what communion's all about because I, we don't just take communion. I preach over it. And my wife says I've been doing some awesome preaching at communion time. Well, you can't lose with stuff we use. It's a good subject. This is my healing. This is my right to be healed. I claim my right to be healed in Jesus' name. I want you to say that with me in faith. I claim my right to be healed in Jesus' name. Now eat and be healed. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, the blood seals it. The blood seals it. The Bible says our redemption is sealed in the blood of Jesus. This is the blood of the New Covenant. It's everlasting, everlasting, everlasting. It's not just good for 2023, it's good forever. Hallelujah. We're going to be singing the praises of the blood of Jesus forever in heaven. Hallelujah. I want you to say with me, this blood seals my healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive it.